On this episode of RVA Real Estate Talk, we will be jumping back in post-corona with me and Galen. We'll We're back. catch up on the Davis Group, a little bit of what's going on, and we will be talking multiple offer situations, how to be a good realtor and handle them, because there's a lot of bad ones out there, and how to be a good seller or purchaser in the market, how to handle these things. Let's go. You're listening to RVA Real Estate Talk with Jared Davis and Galen Parker, your source for an honest, insightful look into Central Virginia's real estate market. Combined, Jared and Galen have over 20 years sales experience, as well as hundreds of testimonials from clients past and present who rely on them for advice and assistance when buying and selling homes in today's incredibly hot and competitive real estate market. And now, your hosts, Jared Davis and Galen Parker. That is right. I am Jared Davis. And I am still... Galen Parker, how are you guys doing today? Man, we're back. It's been a while. Corona has thrown some things off, and not because of the virus, but just because it's changed our schedules a little right. bit, I feel like. Last time we did a podcast, we were in our respective locations. We were all over the country. We were in Washington. Uh, now we have reconstructed the uh, studio here, so now we're all like nine feet away from each other. I can't touch. <laughs> I can't reach. We're so far. It's, it's we're looks awkward when uh, if you guys were here. You see how far we're apart from each other. But safety first. Yeah, so everybody else is still doing podcasts, I guess, on Zoom. I felt really awkward trying to do it on Zoom and get it done and keep it in the schedule. So I, feel I was crushing Zoom. You were. I was doing lots of buyer consultations. I started calling myself the Zoom king of Midlothian, Virginia. I was hoping that that would catch on. It didn't really catch on the way I thought it would. But um, I, I've, I've done like, you know, 15 to 20. Just like, hey, I want to talk to you about it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let me send you a Zoom link. And people are like randomly clicking on and, yeah. you know, so... Caitlin was hoping he'd never see a real person again. (laughs) I'm super digital. (laughs) He was like, if I could just never show a house. Can we get like a showing robot or something? Uh, I was going to try to uh, borrow Studio 77's drone and just see if I could just pilot it into them. Like, enjoy the tour. Oh, man. So what's new with you? Uh, Let's see. Good things. Let's start with good things. Okay. And then we'll go to ungodfully terrible things. Uh, Good thing. Uh, obviously, you'll talk a little bit more about the portfolio that the oh. Davis Group just put out. Yeah, um, that was very exciting. We got to meet with different clients, um, and to me, I, I've been telling people it, it's almost like a resume um, because there are other people who probably saw that and thought, "Man, these are the guys that I want to use." So that was a huge thing, huge success, and uh, you can talk a little bit about that. Yep. Oh, we're going to go straight to that. You don't want to go to your bad things yet. We're just too, too soon. soon. Okay. Well, just give me some good first. You know, we'll, we'll for all the back. doom and gloom and all the bad news from 2020, everybody just wants it to go away. This has actually been our greatest year ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is. I hate, almost feel bad talking about it because everybody's talking about all the bad things that are happening. And I don't want to be like, well, look how awesome we're doing. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we have had, I mean, it's been wild. Yesterday, we put our 94th house under contract for the year. So. Uh, we will be hitting 100 probably within a week or so, and we're still in September. We still have an entire quarter of the year yet, so I think probably 125 to 150 is a reasonable amount for the year. Um, Volume-wise, we're at $29 million, so we're looking to shoot for 35 to $40 million this year in sales. I mean, I think that's probably up almost double over last year, so... Sure. I mean, booming. And then, like you said, we just listed a multifamily portfolio. Um, You know, most people see our residential houses pop up, you know, constantly. But we do do commercial as well. Uh, We do buildings. We do multifamilies. We do retail. And so we got a portfolio of six different buildings. It was, I think, 23 or 24 actual units plus three garages for $6.5 million. 
and we actually just put a letter of intent. We actually had three letters of intent, but we signed off, and we were about to put everything under contract probably today, um, which is awesome. I mean, when you look at yeah. commercial, I think we were super exciting. It it was like one of the few times where like after a deal's gone through, like I was getting calls from people saying, like, hey, I still wanted to take a look at it and be like, I can't believe I'm about to say this to you, but it's gone. It's, it's gone. Who'd have thought? Uh, Five days. Six million dollars property. It's gone. And they're like, really? I, you know, some people had like really cool backstories as to why they were interested in it. So, yeah. And it's interesting because like the commercial game, it's funny when you do residential, you put a house up for whatever you think it's worth. Or I mean, even more right now, if you want, it doesn't even matter. Everybody, everything just flies off the shelf. In the commercial world, everybody has the mentality of like, oh, these guys are going to price it $2 million over what it should be anyways, or a million dollars over. So you start getting these letter of intents, and people are like, yeah, but like, no one's used to paying ask for a portfolio. And that was probably like my bad going in. Was mm-hmm. the We just priced it right. When you look at what's for sale in <laughs> Richmond, almost everything is like a four cap. And we were like, you know what? People want, you know, they don't want a four cap, right? Like we came in at a seven cap, and it was almost like, I think I broke people's brains. People were like, well... I know the numbers are good, but I don't know if we can pay this much. But at the end of the day, they did. Everybody was like super strong super on close, offers. Yeah. We had above ask offers on single properties. And so again, it's not closed yet. Obviously, we got about 90 days, but that's probably the most exciting thing that, Very exciting. that I'll see this year for, for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man. And now the bad. I got nothing bad, but I'm going to let Galen do this one. I'm going to look into the camera at this moment. <laughs> Hello, City of Richmond. <laughs> Resident here, VCU graduate. Let's talk a little bit about the bike lanes and the parking situation on West Franklin Street. <laughs> I get it. I am a big supporter of riding your bike. I understand that you need lanes for them. I support that. Um, I mean, I'm not going to protest or picket or spray paint anything about it, but I support it. Here's the issue, though. Sometimes the lanes just end and there's just parked cars. So what happened to me Wednesday when it was raining is that there was a Toyota Tundra in front of me. Uh, we're just driving along. I'm... Just, listening to the the radio, not texting. I was very proud of myself that I wasn't texting or messing with the phone. Toyota Tundra breaks off right. I'm like, what is this maniac doing? As soon as he clears the line of vision, there's a parked car in the left lane where it normally was a driving lane, so naturally I smash into it. Um, <laughs> totaling my third best friend, my niece and Xterra, moment of silence for Magnus. But, you know, now I'm back in the game of looking for a new car. So that is the bad. I've had Magnus for 10 years. Wait, who's your soon. first best friend? Uh, naturally, you got to put Cat. All right, um, your wife. Second? Uh, well, I mean, it's like it's a fight between you and Emilio. Oh, what, what, where would you want to be? Do you want to be before Emilio or after Emilio? I feel like I have to be before your dog. Hmm. But dog is a man's what best was, friend. Exactly, right? right? When was the last time I rubbed your belly? I mean, you never asked. belly this morning. But you've never tried. <laughs> you've never tried to rub my belly. I mean, who's to say I would stop That you? is a good question. I mean, I feel like if you've got a best friend and he says, like, his dog's best friend, then your other best friend's like, no, I get that. I got a dog. Yeah, yeah I get right. that. That totally makes sense. It'd You're, be funny if you came with a bowl, a bowl with Jared's name on it. But, the, but then Magnus now is three, and I'm four all of a sudden. All right, fine. I'll put you in front of Magnus. I would feel more. Right. Well, here's the other three measure. And a half, three and a half. If something ever happened to you, I don't want a half. If there's something ever happened to you, I'd probably feel bad, like worse than I feel for Emilio or Magnus. Yeah, but That's there's also like the thing, like you know, your dog only lasts so long. You would hope that I'm Shut gonna last. <laughs> you would hope I'm gonna last. Emilio's longer. gonna last for Emilio. Is, How old is Emilio? <laughs> I got Emilio like the same time I got Magnus too. So, all which right, is so like, Emilio's like twelve. Yeah, he's like thirteen. I mean, that's like me being your best friend, but I'm ninety eight. 
Like you would, you would, you I've would all your life. Yeah, you would, you would obviously love me, but you would know right. if I die as a sad day, day. now. But it's gonna happen. But, but yeah, exactly, because you're like, yeah, you can't be over. I, you know, this is totally side. We talked about like we're not gonna get too sidetracked, but this is a very sidetrack. I feel bad for the day when Emilio dies. Not for myself. I'm gonna feel sad. But you, as a as a business owner of a team manager. You have a transaction coordinator who's integral to our lives and the success of our business. She has her hands in all the agents. Agents call her with problems. She helps navigate. She helps diffuse situations. That's Galen's wife, if you don't know. When things go bad with Emilio, I don't know what we're going to do. We just got to not sell houses because she is not going to be working that week. Like, we even, like, the other day, I was, like, trying to breach the subject. I'm like, well, you know, he's uh, 13. I think she, like, left the house and didn't talk to me for, like, five (laughs) hours. I was like... Too soon? You're like, well, why would you do this? Yeah, I know. I was like, I'm just trying to get some, get closer to the, but it's gonna be a bad one. Mm. I don't, I don't know what we're gonna do. I'm like, do I have to immediately just buy another dog? Is that the rule? See, the thing is, you buy another dog before the other dog dies. Yeah, you've been talking to Cat apparently because if it was up to her, the house would just be filled. <laughs> We'd be like 101 Dalmatians with all the dogs <laughs> running around. Um, she's very, she's, she wants a puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wants a puppy with the stipulation that all things in my house, I have to take care of it to every degree. So it's like, I got to take it out. I'm like, yeah, I don't have time to like, you know, be walking a dog and potty training a dog. And stuff I hold like Amelia that. like a baby and he loves it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fact that you've been mauled to death is amazing. I'm the only one I think that holds That's Amelia very true. at all. Very true. Let, alone, let alone like a only baby. Only me and Jared. Cat doesn't even hold him. <laughs> She's like, I'm not picking up that wild animal. He does animal. it. Your wife was like, he's going to kill you. And then he didn't. And then he accepted Just don't, it. You didn't bring him too close to your face. That's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for that kill shot. <laughs> he's right. like, bring, he's bring gonna, me close to your face, blue eyes. He's not going to waste it. They're going to be calling you blue eye. All righty. Well, All right. Well, <laughs> I was just going to say on the portfolio, I'm just blown away because that was a hard day. <laughs> that was Man, a long day. You two put in a lot of work. <laughs> that, that was day. a long so day. So not only was it a and lo- long edit. <laughs> not only was it a long day of shooting because we shot, you know, 20 Four units, twenty six with the uh, garages and everything. <laughs> no, There's like twenty six leases. I think it's like twenty three, twenty four the leases. That's right. Don't you charge me for garages? Anyways, <laughs> I will. I will dispute that that PayPal account. Um. So, anyways, yeah, that was a long day of shooting, and then it was marketing, and then we did a showing, and literally we just thought with with that many tenants and with coronavirus and everything else, we might as well just do it all in one day versus bothering tenants every day. So we had a think like 15 people show up something like that um and they waned off you know there's people that were just interested in certain properties but by the end i mean and it started raining there was there was calling for zero rain and it ended up pouring by the third property i trusted you andrew frieden you let me down it was man that was it but can you imagine six and a half million under contract in five days that's got to be a record in richmond if we can do that for that portfolio Imagine what we could do for you. I like that. Yeah, if you got multifamily. So here's the thing. When we listed that, there's only 15 multifamily properties for sale in all of Richmond MLS. Now, some commercial people don't use the MLS. I disagree with that. It's a whole other topic for a whole totally other day. Different. And I understand. Now, I, was I in, agree with you on that. I was in commercial MLS and I was in Central Virginia MLS. Both. Between my marketing and Central Virginia MLS, I had 70 agents reach out to me. From CoStar, I had five agents. Nothing against CoStar, nothing against commercial MLS. It's a whole different market share. I've got a but client you got that works for CoStar. Five thousand agents in Richmond that don't have access to the commercial MLS, 
And a lot of them still have investment clients. So mm -hmm. that's actually who we grabbed was somebody from that side of things. And yeah, I mean, I think two of the LOIs for the whole package were from probably commercial MLS. And if you do not Central know Virginia. what LOI means, Jared will tell you. A uh, letter of intent. So with commercial, you there typically you start with a letter of intent and then work towards contract. That's a whole nother podcast again. That's two episodes from now. Another deep dive. If y'all are interested in commercial, we can do that. Y'all just let us know what you like to hear. We, Very nice. We love your feedback. But anyways, on to the deep dive. All right. Multiple offer situation. The multiple bid. Dun dun dun. Can Gay we get can we get a dun 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 sound? Is that is that licensing? We'll, we'll work on we'll that. Do that. Hey Galen, why did you want to do this podcast? I, I wanted to do it for a very good reason. <laughs> Currently, I've listen. I've got four different clients. So mm -hmm. imagine that four different clients looking at different. I can imagine different pr properties simultaneously. <laughs> All of us putting in multiple bids mm -hmm. and all of us losing on them. Mm -hmm. I don't like to lose. It doesn't either. happen often. But due to the market, due to the way things are going, and some of it's due to understanding of client and educating client, uh, we're losing on them. And I, I talked to some other agents, and they're all kind of feeling that same pressure. So we wanted to help, one, not just those who are out there who are looking to buy houses, but also to help other agents. Um, I get a lot of you know, questions from other agents or people are looking to get into real estate and they say, well, you know, how do I do this? What is this? And so I thought this would be a good one to help. Talk. We, we've actually mentioned it before, but we're going to probably talk about this a little bit more. I think Galen's trying not to murder a lot of you guys out there. And that's actually why he wants to do this. He's really hoping <laughs> some realtors will listen. And like, they're like, well, obviously they're not taking the how to handle multiple offers class at RAR or on. Take the class. They're not getting CE credit for this. So maybe they can listen to us in yeah. the car. Talk about how to not be a moron when you have multiple offers. <laughs> we'll have a section. We'll, a section I like to term uh, be the agent you want to see and that and we'll talk a little bit about ways in which you can conduct your business to a better degree so that when in the future um, you put in an offer and it comes across our desk and I look at it and I don't get like an eye twitch because I remember your name because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. my brain works that way and I remember something like that I won't say like oh this is the person that one didn't respond to the, you know yeah. certain things we can do so we'll talk about that um, I think that's important and that'll make for the entire real estate community better yeah because here's here's the thing we get it. Public public disclaimer. We know you're busy. Super busy. We know you're probably busier than you've ever been in this business. I mean, we are. We've done almost 100 houses this year. And no offense to anybody, but most people that we deal with this have not sold 100 houses this year. So when I hear, I was just too busy to get back to you on your offer. I was too busy to acknowledge that I received your offer. I was too busy to tell my clients about your offer. That's very wrong, by the way. You have to realize the anger-inducing coma that could come over us and our clients. So, Galen, what's, what's the process? What should we be doing when we have multiple offer situations? One of the things I always tell people, it's all about communication. So we'll, we'll, we'll go from, like, say you're the agent. Uh, congratulations. You've got a listing. Hot prop. Uh, hot prop. You got, you're in, let's say you're in one of those high demand areas, like in the fan. 
Um, so you've got a nice property. Your your sellers they've been very upfront with you. They've been they followed your advice. They've done the updates that you requested to them. You they've gotten rid of some of the furniture that you said will not show well. They've done all the things that you asked them to do. Congratulations. But now you're you're you put on the MLS. It goes active. You get one uh, request to show, and then two, and then three, and then four, and then five, and now you've got twenty requests to show. So you're like, man. This is a hot prop. I've got a lot of interest. And so you start getting these offers. And so one of the things that you can do that I I don't know why more people aren't doing because they're like, oh, I got overwhelmed. Just just make a note of it. You know, you can use your pages and your iPhone or whatever Google has corrupted um, in those Android devices. Keep a look. Keep a little note. Jared Davis sent me an offer. Galen Parker sent me an offer. Mike sent me an offer. That way you can know, all right, these are the people I need to at least respond to say, hey, thanks, got your offer. That's a big thing. Or or even just keep it in a spreadsheet. Like you can make a multiple offer spreadsheet Ooh, in two seconds good. that just has agent name. I mean, you just put the property on there, price, closing costs, home warranty, yes or no, appliances, yes or no, closing date, all of these things. So if you've got 12 offers, I mean, a lot of agents just, they haven't, ever experienced it and they're like man i got 15 offers so many I, don't, emails. I don't even know who to get back to i don't even know what happened so they they finally pick one sometimes not even the best one that's the other thing when i get a response <laughs> it's like well your offer was better but we chose this one because i couldn't handle everything we signed before <laughs> you know like it's just like what no no wait whoa, whoa, whoa back up i win but you chose another like, offer to the detriment of your seller because you couldn't handle your job. Okay, let's... And so, we'll talk a little bit later about what you can do as a buyer to make sure that you are that person that yes. won without the better offer. So spreadsheet it out. Because then you you have everything laid out. And I actually got that from selling something for a corporate, essentially an organization. Because they were just used to it. And they were like, hey, just keep it all in a spreadsheet. And then when we pass it up the ladder, everybody can just look at the same spreadsheet and see what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, your ladder is very small. You, seller. Just pass it <laughs> to the seller. Ladder. Just one, one run. Just <laughs> one give them the ladder. spreadsheet. And now they can compare. And then now instead of you being like, oh, my God, let me try to find this offer and that offer so I can read all the terms to you and we can go over 12 at a time. Now you just have a nice, clean spreadsheet. You can say, here's the closings on all of them. Here's the pricing here's on all of them. money deposit amount. If you want to go just extra stellar as an agent, put them in order from best to worst on what you think from a pricing standpoint. And now you can say, hey, you see these at the bottom? Yeah, they're trash. This agent on the buy side doesn't understand that when you have 10 offers, you don't ask for full closing costs and 20 under the ask price, right? So you start wiping that out, and now you can start making an informed decision. Very nice. But now once you've made an informed decision. Keep yourself organized. You got 10 offers. Well, that's, right. that's the word you just said, organized, because... <laughs> I have to be careful in what I say because I have a lot of clients but in the real estate side. But organization is, I think, number one. Yeah, yeah and I think a lot of it comes to the fact that um, I come from a corporate sales background yep. where if you are not organized. You're fired. I will fire you. So, uh, <laughs> it's like you, so you've got to be you know, very organized to say, like, hey, who put an offer on this bid? And if you're like, uh, let me check my emails, I'm like. There must be a thousand of them, yeah, and that's why you can't recall it, or you're just not organized. And so, be organized; it'll save you um, a lot of stress. Also, it'll it'll impress your client. A hundred percent. When they when they, oh, do we have any offers? Well, here, check out the spreadsheet that I'm using to track incoming offers, and then I've rated them for you for ease yep. of use. They're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm glad yeah. that I made the decision to hire you. So much so that I'm now going to refer you to my 
you know, fraternity brother, my friend, my yep. cousin, all those things. So that's um, something that you can do. So now you've got all these offers. You evaluate. And now you have to choose one. So hold on one oh, second go- then. No, I want to go two things with the choose one. First organization, it also helps you build your business later, and it's going to help you the busier you get. Yeah. Because, again, some people are like, I've got three pending deals right now. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You never had three pending deals. But you're going to get to a point as an agent where you may have a month where you have eight, nine, ten pending deals. I think we've got 32 pending deals right this second. And all of those have to be watched over all the time. So the more organized you get now, the more that now down the road when you've got five offers with competing offers and multiples that you can handle all of it. Um, but again, you got ten offers. Galen, do you pick the best one or do you go back to the ten offerers? What's your What's the strategy? So... We've got a term, you know, some H and B, so highest and best, other people use. So um, oftentimes, uh, depending on what your seller wants to do. Now, this is going to be very determined of what your seller wants to do. Now, they might say, hey, this is what I got. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I select one. A lot of times other sellers say, well, you know, can we get any more? Then you will then all the people in your spreadsheet, all all 10 names, their email address, you might email them and say, hey, we are in a multiple bid scenario. We are calling for highest and best offers at this time and date. That's very beneficial. Now, you probably can't disclose anything to them. You probably can't say how many you got, or obviously you're not going to tell them what well, you got. Well, back up there. Maybe you could. If the seller says it's okay to disclose anything, you can disclose it. And I make that note because so many times I talk <laughs> to agents, and it's like they're trying to be... The most vague they could possibly be. Full cloak and dagger. You know, here's the thing. Ask your seller if if when an agent calls you and says, hey, it's 11 o'clock on a Friday night. I'd rather not spend my time writing all this paperwork (laughs) and getting it signed. If I'm here, do I even have a shot, right? (laughs) Can you just get the okay from your seller? Because there's nothing worse than the agent being like, well, just put it in and we'll see. We'll see what you got. See how it goes. Do your best. Well, I'll cross my fingers for you. No, stop. Just tell me whether I should. Don't tell me what the offer is. I'm not telling you that. Just tell me I'm way off or I'm not way off. That's it. This is what I want. Is this, I'm way off? Hey, have a great day. (laughs) Yeah, and you can do that to everybody. You're not giving me some fair advantage. You can tell anybody the same thing but whatever you whatever the seller will let you disclose if the seller says hey tell them what the other offer is guess what you can do it i mean that that's the biggest thing i think agents don't realize is that what's you the talk benefit of being vague like i mean there's like, no benefit there's, as somebody that negotiates 100 plus contracts a yeah. year the guy that thinks he's getting a better deal by being vague he's way off i mean when it's i sell my weird. personal flips when i own them and i represent myself you best believe like i will tell the agents <laughs> anything i mean they're like well what do you want i'm like uh if you write me this in the contract line and send it, it over right i'm gonna now. sign it yeah so do you want to win it for your client? Sure. Well, this is the number. I mean, yeah. Uh, don't make me guess. Like I can. I I think it's it's a matter of people don't feel comfortable, but just you got to have a conversation with your client. Oh my gosh, this is a hot topic. Yeah, have a I conversation like a with your client topic. and just say what what do you feel comfortable? Can I tell them this? Can I tell them that? Because to Jared's point, to the vague, I, I had one recently, so I'm like trying to feel feel a guy. I'm like, so you know, you can't. He's like, I can't tell you. So when I go back to my client, what is the first question? Your client's going to ask you. What do you, you think we need to put in? What do you think, what do we, you need think we need to put in? Oh, well, I don't know. Well, it's, uh, you know. I don't know. I'm it's dealing with Mysterio over yeah, here. Yeah, I know. It's just like, I don't know. David Copperfield won't really tell me uh, where. what am I supposed to do. And so your client, they're like, well, how do I know? And I'm yeah. like, that's a very reasonable question. Yeah. How do you know? Do you come up some? Do you come yeah. up 10,000? 
I don't know. Yeah. So it's like so a lot of times I guarantee a lot of clients are like, you know what? Yep. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come up. I'm just gonna leave it. I'm happy with my <clears> offer. <throat> and that that doesn't do you yes. as a listing agent any better. That doesn't help your client any because now they could have probably gotten some more if they would given us some parameters and direction. Let's right. be clear. An agent cannot even tell another agent if they have other offers on the property without the seller saying it's okay. Yeah. So sometimes you get agents that are like, oh, we got multiple offers before they ever talk to their client and they get that approval. So, hey, follow the rules. Get, get the approval. Have the conversation ahead of time. But I've also had the same thing happen where I'm like, hey, do you have any offers? Well, I'm not at liberty to disclose that. Okay, but can you ask real quick and get some liberty so that I can figure out what to do? <laughs> Libertize yourself. And then you put an offer in. Sorry, we had three others and you, you were second plate. Okay. Okay. Well, I probably would have had a totally different strategy had you said something about this. So I got a question. By the way, this house was owned by a bank when okay. we bought it. Yep. Is that like in the, your scenario on selling or dealing with the bank or whatever, how is that? Is it better? Is so it the worse? banks, the banks pretty much, well, some of, depending on who owns it, depending on what's happened, there's different protocols. There's also different ways to put in the offer, depending on who's selling it and where it's coming from, where in the process they are. But, statistically, depending on what it is, whether if it's a HUD home or an REO, they've got their numbers and they're pretty set on their numbers because of how they come to them and their balance sheets and how they're allowed to write off loss. So there's typically like a net amount that they have to have make. To take home. That they have to take home after paying commissions and stuff like that. A lot of times like HUD home store where you can put in on like a HUD home that's been you know taken away, you can almost go in and lowball them if there's no other offers and you'll typically get a counter back at like whatever they'd be willing That's to take, number, honestly. Yeah. They'd be like, they're not, and if you counter back like a dollar under, they're gonna be like, no, we sent it back to you pretty much. Yeah. Um, and, and you'd be surprised. Like I put in one for like, it was a, gosh, it was Rebecca's. It was like an $80,000 house. It was a flip. And the guy was like, well, put in 32 or something wild. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, yeah, that's probably never happening. Uh, but then they came back and they just accepted it. Yeah, and I was like, "That's wild." I'd, I'd never seen a, a HUD go that that far. They know under. how much they need to net, and they also know mu they have a general idea of the market. So they're like, "All right, so we think we could, but we need this number." And also, they don't want to spend too much more time dealing with the same. They're like, "We got to move on, well, move it along." But yeah. also, keep in mind, the agent typically has nothing to do with any of it either. Very true. So a lot of times, when you submit the offer, sometimes it doesn't even go to the agent. Sometimes it submits straight to the bank, or there's a bank portal. So the agent's just like, I don't even, I don't know how many offers. What I don't house know, is I don't this? Have. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're, I mean, I hate to say it. They're pretty much employees of the bank, and they're just running around. Oh, we lost our recording. Mike's going to fix that and just going to pan to Galen. Hopefully Galen is still, is his recording? Huh? Does his have text on it? Look at his. Both of them? Well, we got audio. We'll just go black screen with like a. Like a please stand by <laughs> thing for a couple of seconds. The video is coming back. Are we good? That's all right. So think about this. So the agents have no idea. They're pretty much bank employees. They're paid to go around and take pictures of the property and yeah. you know do their paperwork and all that stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of them aren't getting paid three percent. They're getting like flat fees or you know a smaller percentage. So all of those are factors. But at the end yeah. of the day, I don't want to sidetrack too much. But gotcha. Get your disclosure ability from your seller on what you can tell them. And just remember what you're negotiating. Most of the best negotiations that I do are a lot of times with agents that I know because we know the drill and we're so comfortable working with each other that we can have that honest conversation that says, hey, this is what my guy wants. Can you just get, tell me what your guy wants? And you have that conversation and you either meet or accept or whatever. But most of the time, I mean, I won't name names, but we've got partners in other businesses and things like that that we sold multiple houses to this year because I was mm -hmm. able to just call and say, hey, seller's cool with me disclosing. 
we got five offers. This is where they're at. If you want it, you need to be here. Okay, great. I mean, we can go back and give the disclosures to all the other agents. If you're trying to be fair, fine. Give it to all the agents, whatever. But don't feel like you have to be some secretive whatever. You're not in the CIA. Yeah. Now, before we move on to how to handle it, first thing is first, when someone sends you an offer, just acknowledge. I mean, <laughs> I have some investors that are very good friends of mine at this point, and we put in three or four offers in the last two months, and three or four did not even reply to let us know they got the offer. I mean, I'm having to call, email, text, just say, hey, can yeah. you just tell me if you got it? We're are over you alive? Ass. We're over ass. Is we're not like, home? Yeah, we're not a bad offer. We're like a solid offer. Can you just tell us? I have a... That's what my uh, be the agent you want to be. That was what I wrote down. It was like respond to offers. That is like that's Parker pet peeve number seven hundred and eighty six. <laughs> uh, just respond. Say say you're a real person. Yeah. And then I've received it and I acknowledge your existence. That's important. So you mentioned highest and best. So you got pretty much two options there then, right? So sometimes an offer may come through and it's so good. Maybe you got four or five offers. Yeah. Two are under, one's at ask, one's around ask, maybe a little bit higher. And then you got one that's 10,000 over, 20,000 over. Do you really want to go back and ask for highest and best on that when you already got 10 or 20? You don't have to. You don't have to. You could. I mean, you could, and maybe the guy would come up on his price if you did that. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but yeah. sometimes you just have such a good offer. You say, you know what? Great. Yeah. Let, let's 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 just take it. And I think that's a good. You know, that's another opportunity for you to have a conversation with your <clears throat> client. And sometimes they say, look at the response deadline on that contract for that high, for the one that you have, and just make sure you're not outside of it. And sometimes your clients just like, you know what? Thank you. Let's do it. Let's lock this down. I don't want any more showings. I want. We're all done. Yep. You can, you can do that. But now let's say you get nine or ten offers. Sometimes you want to be fair because maybe somebody came through and they were that first offer. And they were in there and the guy said, hey, there's no other offers going on, yada, yada, yada. So put in? You put your response time eight hours from now. You know it's short. You know there's other showings, so it's competitive. But then they don't respond. They let your offer expire. The day comes. The next day, they wait till two or three o'clock. You're calling. Hey, can you just let me know what's going on? Oh, now we've got nine offers. Okay. Oh, wow. Which well, is not unrealistic. No. And things drastically changed since the first guy put it in. So maybe that's when you go back and say, hey, let's just be fair. Tell everybody, best and final by this evening. We won't counter anybody. Right. right. And then we get our best and final. Seller's happy. Now what do you do? Sorry, I, I got sidetracked because something that happened recently. They <laughs> said, uh, best and offers due by 6 p.m. And then it went pended at 4 p.m. <laughs> have you ever seen that and i'm like what what just happened here so actually I, i'd like to clarify something on that <clears throat> since we're starting to wrap this up anyways um sometimes you will see in the mls it says we will start showings on tuesday or wednesday we'll consider offers sunday after the open house sometimes you'll see that house pinned before sunday at the open house is it wrong that it pinned before sunday at the open house ethically no because you're representing your, your client. client. So keep re remember Whatever this. Because I've gotten so many angry calls from agents that said, hey, I really didn't want to do my job and show the house Wednesday. So I just told them to go to the open house Sunday because I was busy and now I lost the house for them. And I say, eh, you yeah. probably should have called me because another agent said I got in the first day, offered you 30000 over ass and told you to take it or, or leave it. And my client said, well, I like 30000 over ass. And he took it, right? Take it. So, so keep in mind... We owe nothing to the other realtors other than, again, we're trying to say 
a hospitable response on yeah. whether you got an offer or not. Yeah. Other than that, you know, sometimes agents get very angry. Like, well, you weren't looking out for me or my client. No, no, we're, we're looking out for our clients. And I hate when that happens to me too, but that's why I always reach out personally as an agent and say, hey, I see that you're waiting for offers on Tuesday or Sunday or whatever. If I send them to the open house, that's fine, I guess. I can show them before. Is there any chance you take anything before or... Can you just put my name down as a note so that if you do take something before Sunday, you can let me know? Just let me know. That's it. I do that. But I just get let me know. No, no calls from anybody, and then <laughs> I get a flood of angry calls if something goes under before they get it. And they say, well, we, I, they haven't looked at it yet. I never got a call of interest. I never got a <laughs> feedback response on anything. Feedback and response. Yeah, yeah, right? No feedback. And now they're like, well, why? Click the button. Yeah. Click the button. Now they're like, but I can't, why can't I buy this house now? It's like, well, you've done nothing. I don't know you exist right now. I mean, this yeah. is like when we showed the multifamilies the other day. Unfortunately, we had some people show up at times when we were already done showing them. We ran ahead of schedule, but these people didn't tell me that they were coming. They didn't, you know, their agent didn't call me. No one tells me that they're coming. And then I get a call at two to say, hey, I'm standing outside. What's up? And it's like, well, the other 20 people kind of got the memo or let yeah. me know what was going on. So communication. Be proactive, can we go back not to reactive. Just, yeah, can we go back to communication and just... Communicate, guys. Yeah. If you have a client that you me. think this is the one, text me. I'd rather you not call me if you can. I, but I like talking to people. And he does. I I talk to so many people all day. If I could, if you can text me, it's, it's what my voicemail says. Except, I prefer, do not but. call me between eight and eleven because that's what I'm calling. I like prospecting. this. I like the story where someone texted you and you said what's up, and then they got mad. Because you said what's up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was someone, yeah, someone called me and I did an auto response that said "can't talk right now." What's up? Because I was literally in a meeting. It's an auto. Response. And then they got mad and said, "I can't believe you do business this way." And I said, well, "How? You mean texting back promptly when someone <laughs> tries to contact me?" And then they said they were going to report me for like harassment after that. And I was like, "I'm going to block your number now, please." Like, have have a great day. Yeah, please leave me alone. They're our biggest viewer, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so got you've, you've gotten your offer signed you're ratified what do you do we're still talking about multiple bids you're ratified now i think we got to ratification we're wrapping this thing up. all right so what do we do this seems like the simple answer i think uh congratulations acknowledge i I think this is a big thing that i feel like a lot of people don't do is for all the people who didn't win your offer was not accepted just send all of those people an email. Thank you for your interest in this lovely property. Um, my client decided to not accept. Uh, we went a different way. Yep. I like that. Just, oh, okay. Yeah. What I don't like is See this. Pending. And then your client's texting you and saying, hey. And then I throw the phone out the window <laughs> yeah. because you never ex- responded or yep. acknowledged me. And then my client's like, so what? any news on that house? It's showing yeah. pending yep. on Redfin.com oh, or man. Zillow. And I'm like, oh, man. Cool. And then you look like an cool. idiot, right? Because then they're like, well, my agent didn't even tell me it's sold. And I, Zillow's telling me it's sold. And yeah. you're like, no, it's not me. Not me. I've left this guy 80 messages, right? So, so maybe you send the better. email out before you pinned it. I try to do before I pinned it just because of that exact reason. I'm not saying sometimes I, I haven't pinned one, it before. Two, send, pinned. And guess That's what? There's this, there's this awesome thing called copy and paste. And you can literally just copy and paste the same email yeah. to all 10 offers. It takes two minutes. Very nice way to do things. Let people it'll, know. It'll increase your, I don't want to say your your reputation capital in the area because, it, you know, what we've got 5,000 agents but it's still a small community because there's you know the top percent are doing most of the business 80 20 so, rule but yeah, it's like 99 one in real estate we recognize <laughs> the names and so it's like if i see a name again I'm like oh this is the guy who didn't respond to me or hey yeah. this is the guy that they 
acknowledged it. They sent it a nice email. I'm like, okay, yeah. no hard feelings. I totally get it. Right. I appreciate you doing this that. This guy doesn't me. know what a you defect is. You made my is. life a little bit better. Yeah, this guy doesn't know negotiating. This guy doesn't know what a defect is. This guy <laughs> tries to get my clients to buy all the propane for his clients. I mean, it just, you know, I mean the list goes on and yeah, on. It's like, I got lists and categories. I'm like, this guy will do this. I'm this not guy. saying my list is written, but it's a pretty good mental list yeah. when I see a name come across on something. <laughs> That's so funny. So is that it? Is so that, that, does that, that wrap up? I feel like that is it for that portion of it. How, how are we doing? I think we got a few minutes left. So I'd yeah. say what we touch on is as a buyer. As a buyer. That's how do you thinking. nail down the multiple situation? The seller, you're, I mean, we've kind of covered all the seller side. Yeah. As a buyer, though, things you can keep in mind. Closing costs, they become much harder to get the more offers happen, right? Exactly. So people are unless, like... Unless what? Well, well, you could say unless you bid up the price. But the problem is that if I need 7000 in closing costs and I go up seven, and somebody else gives a net offer ask price with no closing... My offer has to appraise at seven thousand dollars higher to account for that seven thousand. Yeah, that that was a big thing. Cost. I was like, the appraisal is what will humble all of us. A back lot of down. people can't comprehend that, and with the market the way it is, people are already pricing things higher than they maybe normally would because they think they can get it, and things are getting bid up already. So then, when you add those closing costs in, now the other agents are saying, "Well." My client's really afraid it's not going to appraise. So that would be number one. If you mm-hmm. can get rid of the closing costs, that's huge. Financing terms, I hate to say it, you're not supposed to have any weight on what the financing terms are technically, but from a realistic standpoint, if someone sees a conventional loan versus like a VHDA loan, conventional is typically a stronger buyer. It's more money. VHDA is 0% down most of the time or grant fund. Um, Credit scores are different, right? I mean, it does factor in, unfortunately, and, and, and I hate to say it, even the appraisals are going to come back worse. A VA appraisal is almost always going to be worse than a conventional appraisal. It shouldn't happen that way. You think the house is worth what it's going to worth. But I guess the appraiser realized, well, this guy's 0% down versus 20% down, so they got to be stricter on the guidelines. Um, next thing I see waived, inspection repair items or inspection in general and appraisal contingencies. So one idea for you guys, if you're fighting on trying to get an offer... Waive certain inspection items if they're under a certain amount of money, right? No seller wants to sell their house and then get a 40-line item inspection addendum to fix loose outlets and a leaky toilet or a deadbolt that doesn't lock from the outside because they supposedly think it's a safety defect, right? Yeah. All of these dumb things. Get rid of it. Or waive your inspection. That's like a last resort, but I've that seen a the, lot yeah. of people. I've seen people waive <laughs> yeah, it. I was telling people, it's like for my clients, I'm like, that is like the nuclear last option. I will not readily recommend doing that, but I will recommend, you know, capping it. Yeah. But you always want to have an inspection because, you know, you never know. It's your dream house. Your dream house and your nightmare can yep. be very closely aligned if you don't have an inspection because, you know, it looks good on the outside and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a flood yep. in the crawl space. And so I say, you know, think about capping it, but. I always recommend you're probably going to want to have, especially if you're a new home buyer. You yeah, probably want to have you inspection. can't always cap, so you could always say, "Hey, we'll waive all repairs up to two thousand dollar, three thousand dollar, five thousand dollar max." And that, when you add up all these dumb little things that they say are defects, and they add up to two grand, they know they're not going to get hit with it. But now all of a sudden, you got a two thousand dollar mold remediation and insulation issue in the crawl space. Well, we get to ask for that. We don't get to ask for all these little items, but we need you to fix this bigger item now that we've blown past this, or at least credit it based on the amount, right? Yeah, so if you're a buyer, uh, that's something that you can take, and we, we've listed your contingency. Um, we 
purchase, you know, I was reading and I was looking at a little, maybe your earnest money deposit. Sometimes that can affect. You can make it bigger. If you've got a bigger earnest money deposit, because that money goes probably towards your closing, things like that. So you're not like you're throwing money away. But and you're going to get it back. Yeah. You, no one's ever going to lose their earnest money pretty much. Yeah, I lost one last year, my own personal, and I just didn't want to fight it. I just gave it, gave yeah, it away. But it's an extreme scenario. So that's a good, that's a good option for you. So. Yeah. And then the appraisal thing, you know, if you're bidding 20 over, you may say, hey, we're willing to pay five to ten thousand dollars out of pocket like to cover a lower and appraisal. I've done that. I did that maybe this time last year with the house. Yeah. So if it's a three hundred thousand dollar house and you're at three ten, you may say, hey, we'll pay up to five, which means if it comes back at three oh five, we're coming out of pocket. If it comes back at three hundred where you were listed, well, we're negotiating. You're losing five, I'm losing five, right? Yeah. But those are options. We can talk about that. Lastly, escalation clauses. I love escalation clauses because you don't know if there's going to be one offer or 20 offers. Some agents won't allow escalation clause. I get the reasoning behind it. Another podcast, if we can just talk about escalation <laughs> clauses. But I like them because at the end of the day, I'm going to bid escalation clauses against each other anyways. So I'm cool if you escalate. So essentially, I can tell my client, hey, let's offer ask price in case nothing else comes in at 300000 But if you really want this house, we're going to escalate $1,000 over any other bona fide offer in writing that's up to bona a fide max offer in writing up to a net net 1000 over any other bona fide offer up to a max purchase price of say 325 now we're 25000 over if we need to but we're only going to beat the next best offer so if three others came in and one was 290 and one was 310 we're ending at 311 you save yourself $14000 the flip side is that's why agents don't want the escalation clauses cuz they want to get that extra $14000 but my reasoning is I'm not going in at 325 without the escalation clause necessarily either. So yeah. you, you're going to have a worse offer from me versus if you take my good offer plus the escalation. Now you're maximizing. So oh, I like about to pull my cord out. <laughs> Hopefully, we're I like so good. Can you still hear me? <laughs> All right. Hello, is anyone here? Yeah, huh? yeah. Huh? I think, that, and I think that's a good place to to end. Um, and here's one thing that uh, we received. I can't remember the house we received it on. Remember we got the letter. From the buyer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is something that it's very interesting to receive. <laughs> yeah. So the, the seller. Like a picture of their dog. Like, yeah, with the its seller and the up. client <laughs> sent us a letter All saying the time. why they want that house and stuff. And for us as agents, some of us are dead on the inside. It doesn't yeah. mean that much to us. But to our <laughs> sellers who are, you know, real estate's an emotional business. Um, sometimes we've seen people make a financial decisions emotionally that yeah. were not in their best interest. Yeah. Um, they looked at that letter and said, huh, their offer is $5,000 below the other offer. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's when we talked about in the beginning, you know, I've got the best offer. I still didn't win. Sometimes it's because of that. You know, they, the family sits down and say, you know what? I like, I these like people the are going to take gym. care of our house. They, they, they want, these. they want to raise their family here too. So, is Think this about an that adoption agency too. <laughs> I guess you could write. Maybe I don't know. I don't can you know. write a letter to an adoption agency? I, know. I feel like they should probably have some more strict parameters. I, have, than I, I, I gotta stop right there. Anyways, um, so no, that yeah, is, so, I've probably gotten seven offers in the last month from people, like seven letters yeah. with offers. Now they don't always win because here's the thing: sellers are can be emotional and they love the letters. Um, most of them love money more. So yeah. keep your offer good. But now if you're competing and now you're like, oh, these Don't are really afraid. close, then you have the letter with Sparky in there and little Timmy. It, it's, and it's a funny thing. It's a funny <laughs> yeah. thing where you're, where, where me as a business person, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. But but as you know, the representative of the client, I'm going to give them every I information. I tell them read it. Let me know like, how hey, you feel. Read it, and they're like, and then they're like, oh, we're gonna. I'm like, really? 
I've never chosen mm. a offer based on a letter on a personal flip. Yeah. I've well, actually never read them either. But <laughs> I did give them to myself as my representative. I don't want to get. I, I got to keep the emotions out of yeah. it. Mike's looking at me like you monster. But I, I, I got to. I have to keep the emotions the out of my got, business what house decision. Was that? And as a realtor, you know what else that was? Well, Rosewood. I had a letter for sure. This was like I last also had a year. Rosewood on Cedar Landing, but like somebody else was like, we'll give you seventeen over, and I was like, Shredder. Like you know, you're just like, what are you gonna do? Like, well, you know, like, they, had a, <laughs> they had a letter and they were over, and I remember reading the letter because your assistant Cat Chi at the time said, she was like, look at this letter, and Cat, you know Cat, she's like, oh my goodness, look at this are they letter. gonna get it? Are it's they gonna sweet. get it? And, and she's like, like nope. <laughs> but like they did get it. That house they did get, it. and I was just like, well, that's very smart. I was yeah. like, that agent. Whoever you are, I don't remember. You were very smart, and I tell my clients very write good. them. They're like, "Should I write it?" I'm like, "Definitely, Absolutely. yeah." I mean, I don't, I don't care about it. I'm not going to look at it. But when you give it to me, I'm going to give it to them. And if it's a, uh, if it's a one up, that's all we care about is your realtors. That's why we're the best realtors, right? Yeah. I don't care. My emotions are never in this. I, if you want this house, we're getting you this house. That's that's the thing, and that's yeah. why we win bids. And that's why. I I was I was explaining to someone earlier before you walked into this. Uh, I said, you know. I am not an emotional person when it comes to this. I will go, I'm going to advocate what you want. Yeah. I'm whatever you want, that's what I want. I'm not going to talk you into anything. Yeah. I will defend your position like it's my firstborn child. Yeah. But I'm still not emotional. When the thing. client's going into an emotional breakdown, it's awkward sometimes cuz I'm sitting there like Mhm. <laughs> But I just don't feel it because yeah. I'm going to make sure that it works out for you. So yeah. I have clients all the time that are like, I don't know how you handle this across 20, 30 deals at a time because I'm about to kill myself with one. Like, thank you for keeping it together because that's our job. And when you get the realtor that's also having the emotional breakdown on the other side, you're like, hey, guy, can you can you calm down for a second? Because if you're acting like this with me, I know you're acting like this with your client, which means you guys are probably about to burn your own house down. So <laughs> y'all like, should just. Who said you on here? Yeah, all, like, if you could just keep home. it cool. You know what I mean? Hey, be cool. But no, it, this has been nice. This, this has good. been a good one. This is, I, I, uh, every Thursday? Every Thursday. This is going to go weekly. We were doing it like we might every have to month. get a new uh, production company. But, Mike, uh, did Mike lose our video again? He's so engrossed in our podcast <laughs> that he can't he can't keep our can video hear, going. You probably can hear, but you can't see. If me, the audio is right. not right on this one, I swear, I, <laughs> I swear it's gonna be it's gonna be. There's gonna be like one minute of film of me. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it's just audio and <laughs> just me. Well, and a picture, guys. We appreciate you listening and hopefully watching Studio Seventy Seven, repping them out there. This has been RVA Real Estate Talk with Jared Davis and Galen Parker. Follow us on Instagram, right? Uh, underscore, underscore, the Davis Group or uh, Live, Love, Learn, RVA. Also, if you just need to talk, you have a question about real estate, feel free to call me, Galen Parker, at 804-274-9016 or Jared Davis at 804-536-6100. If you have a real estate question that you would like to ask Jared or Galen, reach out to them at Jared at CentralVARealty.com or Galen at CentralVARealty.com. Who knows? It may even be featured on an upcoming episode. 